You know, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about upgrades of the Indianapolis Colts. Talked about Yannick Ngakwe over Quiddy Pay, Quiddy Pay over Al Kadeen Muhammad, if that's an upgrade. Talked about Matt Ryan over Crit, uh, Carson Wentz. However, we didn't talk about Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator over Matt Eberflus. And that's my mistake because that might be the biggest upgrade and the most important upgrade of these Indianapolis Colts and the reason why we should be optimistic as we look ahead to the 2022 season. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at BUSR uh, Sports Wagering, Political Wagering, they got a casino on there. They got everything. Go to the link in the description, busr.ag. You're going to have all kinds of fun. And hopefully, what you're going to do is find a way to gain an advantage in sports wagering and turn this into an investment rather than, you know, something else, just some kind of fun uh, indulgence. Betting on the Colts to go to the Super Bowl might not be the stupidest bet in the history of the world. And at uh, BUSR, you can make the bet easy. And it's a, a, a you deposit a grand, you get a grand. It's just that easy. Again, the link in the description. Um, smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're looking for 212 That because we're boiling. This is what we're doing. That's the boiling point in Fahrenheit degrees. And we're boiling today. This is what we're doing. So we want 212 likes. And if you want to donate, donate. That's wonderful, too. We, we spoke yesterday to Taekwon Lewis and uh, Grover Stewart. We, we heard from them. We heard what nice guys they are. We know what, what they mean to the defense. Taekwon Lewis last year, here's what Taekwon Lewis did. This is four plays. He tweaked his patella tendon, didn't know it was hurt, got a sack the next play. The play after that got, his, uh, got an interception. Then he tore his patella tendon. Then he got busy, and he got back, and he rehabbed, and now he says he's running 20 miles an hour. That's fast for a defensive lineman, and you need speed to play Gus Bradley's system. Gus Bradley is important to these Indianapolis Colts, and, and it's not that Matt Eberflus was a bad guy or a bad defensive coordinator. He was not. 33 turnovers speak to Matt Eberflus and what he did for the defense. But here is what also speaks to Matt Eberflus and what is going to be different for these Indianapolis Colts. The Colts last year were outscored in the fourth quarter 157-97. 157-97. to That is stark. That is unpleasant. They outscored their opponents in the fourth quarter four times last year, and twice that was against the Houston Texans. That's where the Colts' fourth quarter defense was. And as we continue, correctly, to crap a bit on Carson Wentz, you know what? You look at the Colts, and in the way they gave away games in the fourth quarter and in overtime, 0-2 in overtime games. You win the overtime games, boom, you're in the playoffs, and who knows what happens in the postseason, right? Carson Wentz, no fourth quarter comebacks, no game-winning drives, but that's not all Carson Wentz. Should have said the Colts, no game-winning drives, no fourth quarter comebacks, right? The defense had something to do with that as well. 
you, you've got to get stops in the fourth quarter. And if you can't get stops in the fourth quarter, you are going to get beat. There is such parity in the NFL that if you don't find a way to win the fourth quarter, you are going to lose games. And Gus Bradley is going to be an upgrade over Matt Eberflus in a profoundly effective way. He is more clever defensively. He is going to get more stops defensively. He is going to be harder to prepare for than Matt Eberflus. I'm telling you, Bears fans, I know a lot of Bears fans. I grew up in Chicago, still have a lot of friends in Chicago. You are going to watch the defense of the Chicago Bears this year, and you're going to pull out your hair, because what Bears fans covet over all else is aggression, and they understand that on the defensive side of the ball, you have got to step up and you have got to try to dominate play from an aggression standpoint. To the aggressor go the spoils. Matt Eberflus plays that shell zone that is the antithesis of aggression. It's back off. Let people get first downs. We're going to take the ball away anyway. Give them eight play drives, 12 play drives. It doesn't matter because we're going to punch it loose and we're going to take it away. And that is the foundation of the Matt Eberflus defense. It is bend, don't break until you punch it loose or you get an interception. That's unsustainable. That works against bad teams that don't take good care of the football. It does not work against good teams. And so you wind up losing to good teams. Although, i got to tell you the truth, hey, Colts beat the Bills and 49ers and Cardinals last year all on the road. But they couldn't beat a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of the season because they made Trevor Lawrence comfortable. You can't have an opposing quarterback be comfortable. Matt Eberflus promotes an aura of comfort for opposing offenses at a level that just, it does not work. It cannot work. It will not work. It's not going to work in Chicago, just like it did not work here. And it's just that simple. 157 to 97 says all you need to know about the defense of the Indianapolis Colts. And that's not all Matt Eberflus. That's also the guys on the field. They got to find a way at the end of the game to man up, get tough, continue to play hard, hit guys hard. But if you're on the field too long, if you're on the field for sustained drives because you can't get people off the field, that's a problem. And that was the problem last year for the Colts and, and their offense. Um, you know what? I, I make no apologies for talking myself into believing that the team's going to win. Life's more fun that way. I'm not going to be dour. I'm not going to be a cynic. I'm, I'm not going to say, well, Colts are going to be 6-11. and 11. Colts are going to be 7-10. and 10. I'm not going to do it. Even if it looks like they might be that, I don't believe it. I think the Colts are going to the playoffs. I think they're going to the playoffs this year. I thought they were going to the playoffs last year. They should have gone to the playoffs last year. Nine and eight should never have happened. Once you got it to nine and six and you had a home game left against the Raiders and a road game left against the Jaguars, who drafted number one in the NFL draft, not because they were the best team in the NFL, but because they were the worst team in the NFL. If you can't win that game, that's not on me, pal. That's on them. Understanding 
that they should have won that game, that is on them. That, like I said, it's not on me. Uh, we're going to find out in the first two weeks. I'll tell you this, and I promise you this, that if the Colts start this coming season at 0-2, you're not going to hear a bunch of Pollyanna nonsense from me about how this team is going to bounce back and they're going to wind up winning 11 anyway because the first two games don't matter. They've got the Chiefs coming up at home and the Titans coming up at home, and they're going to get well in those games. If they go 0-2, it's going to be scorched earth, baby, because I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. If you can't beat Houston and then Jacksonville to start 2-0 for the first time since 2009, <clears throat> 2009, and in those, in those seasons, they've gone to the playoffs five times. More. 10, 12, 13, 14. Uh, and then another two, five times they've gone to the playoffs since. And not starting 2-0. you got to get off to a good start. What are you doing? If you're not going to get off to a good start this year against two of the worst teams, or who were two of the worst teams in the NFL last year, I, we're going to start asking for major changes. Can't have this. This is just ridiculous and unsustainable and, and unpleasant and miserable. You, you can't have it. You, you keep, year after year after year, keep selling this kind of vision of hope, and then you deliver... 0-2 in the first two games, or 0-1, losing openers. This opener, being on the road, an opportunity against a divisional opponent that is seen by everyone to be the worst team in the NFL. You've got to get over on them. And if you can't beat them, and, and they did last year, beat the Texans by a combined 62-3 to in the two games they played against them. All right, let's go. These are nice guys with the Colts. We want good things. But if we can't get good things, we need different people. And it's just, I'm not going to wind myself into calling for changes now. I think that the Colts are going to the playoffs. I do. I think they're going to win the AFC South. I think they've got a chance, if healthy, to raise hell in the playoffs. I think they're built to win in the playoffs. I think Matt Ryan's going to be better. I think Yannick Ngakwe is going to be better. And if Stephon Gilmore can stay healthy, you've got a corner who can change a game almost every single damn play. I'm starting to get myself all wound up. September 11th is more than a month away. We've got 33 days until the opener. Calm down, Kent. My goodness. Uh, Butler plays this morning at 8.30, and you can watch it on YouTube. The Life Channel. On YouTube, 2-0 on the trip so far. They are in Athens, Greece, playing today. They got there yesterday. What a lot of fun they're having on the road. They go from Rome to Sargento, where they didn't even play a game, just had a lot of fun. And then now you're in Athens learning. That's part of the college educational experience. And, and being an athlete in a major conference where you get to go on these trips is absolutely wonderful. Good for the Butler Bulldogs. Jason Hayward is no longer going to be a Cub after this season, being paid $22 million a season to hit 245. That's what he's hit over his seven seasons on the north side of Chicago. 
245. Now, health has intervened the last couple of years and made it difficult for Jason Hayward to compete. All right, what we remember Jason Hayward for, the story of his clubhouse speech during the rain delay of Game 7 in Cleveland that kind of rallied the troops and got the Cubs over the hump and put them into, uh, you know, rare, the rarefied air of being world champions for the first time in 108 years. We're always going to be thankful for Jason Hayward, but my God, how hard is it? I know it's hard to hit a baseball, but is it that hard for an athlete of that repute? My God, you know what? Uh, the birthday shout-out list, uh, which is coming up uh, presently, those are all Facebook friends. I get them from Facebook. It's, it's the only way to organize it quickly and simply, and so I do it on Facebook, and I do not take requests because I forget. And then I feel terrible, and I refuse to feel terrible about not wishing people birthdays. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Uh, Pete Rose, we talked about a little bit yesterday. He is the third rail, the circular third rail of sports media. You cannot talk about Pete Rose and wind up making any kind of sense. You cannot argue for Pete Rose and sustain that argument, and you can't argue against him and sustain that argument, you can't, without acknowledging that the other side is right too. Pete Rose is a reprobate. Pete Rose has lived an utterly stupid life other than being the all-time hit king and, and being a, a terrific balls-to-the-wall baseball player that, has, that thrilled Reds fans, uh, Philly fans, Expo fans for years and years and years. He was that. He was also just a terrible human being for a good portion of his life, and he doesn't understand it, and he doesn't apologize for it, and it's kind of nutty. And so you, you can't argue for him without arguing against him, and you can't argue against him without acknowledging that you, you also need to make a case for him. So I just stay away from Pete Rose. It's endless. I could sit here and talk for three hours about Pete Rose, Nobody wants to hear that, so I don't do it. Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays. The aforementioned birthday list. Uh, Fred Weintraub celebrating a birthday. Johnny Carroll, happy birthday. The great John Ashworth, head basketball coach at Hamilton Southeastern High School. He is celebrating a birthday. Sweet swinging Billy Mueller celebrating a birthday today. He could flat hit. Uh, Angelique uh, Colleen Collins. Happy birthday, David Ackerman, Christopher Gentry, the great Dan Osborne. Happy birthday, and Tony Novia. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. I talked to some kids yesterday about being inclusive, about lifting people up instead of tearing people down. How about that? Do that today. Be complimentary. Make people feel respected and included. Be a force for good in their lives. Do that. And uh, you know what? Then you're, you're, not, you're not emulating Pete Rose. Emulate him on the baseball field. Not in life. Take good care of each other. That's what we got to do. Talk to you later today.